This week on The Uncommon Truth, we're pressing on with season three in which we look at the words of Jesus when he talks about what the kingdom of heaven is like. In John chapter three, Jesus tells a man named Nicodemus that you must be born again to even see the kingdom of heaven. What does it mean to be born again? How can we achieve it? And how do we know if we've received it? All that and more coming up this week on The Uncommon Truth. Here's a preview. That's an unpopular message today that you're supposed to be completely different, but that is what it says, that when the kingdom of heaven is placed in you, it completely changes you. You're listening to The Uncommon Truth, a podcast about Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. The Uncommon Truth is a podcast produced by the Father's House Church of Orville, California, and is available wherever podcasts can be found. If you missed an episode or want to share the show with a friend, visit UncommonPodcast.com. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please take a second to leave us a review. That helps us climb the charts so more people can find out about Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. If you want to give us your feedback, you can email the show at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com and we'll try to feature your questions and comments in an upcoming episode. Finally, if you're looking to learn more about the Father's House Church, School of Transformation, or Life Recovery Ministries, visit fathershouseoroville.com. And now let's get into the Uncommon Truth. Yeah. Welcome to The Uncommon Truth. My name is Max. I'm here with Steve and Vicky Orsillo, Senior Pastors of the Father's House Church. How are you guys doing? Good. <laughs> We're doing good. That's good. Um, you know, I say the same thing every time. It must be really hard for people to say like, oh, I want to go back to that one that I listened to. <laughs> yeah. That I just want to, what does it start with? Something about, Hi, hey, this, this is Max is, from the Father's House. Yeah. yeah. Every, yeah. You got to listen quite a ways in to know what it's about. Exactly. But your titles should reveal a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, if you can read, then you've got it. But if you can't remember which one it was where we said that one thing that oh, you really yeah, liked. Yeah, yeah. That actually, I've, I've actually had a hard time sometimes finding. Yeah. I think we should maybe too. date them. Do we date them? They have dates depending if you're, like, on iTunes or Spotify oh. or whatever. You can tell which date they came out. Um, and they're usually in order. But it doesn't help if you're like, hey, that, yes. that one where he said that yes. one thing, and I can't really remember what or it was she about. she said that one thing. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. She said that one thing. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess you can do that. You can go back and well, I would just listen to all of them. That's listen right. all the way through. Go all the way through them. Take notes. <laughs> just to find that one thing, listen to them. That's what Steve does. Steve goes back to listen to, to how they uh, – because you're often – blown away by what comes out of your own mouth and so you got to go back what did that guy say oh that's that right. guy's me yeah that's right that's Holy right. Spirit. That's good so uh anything new and exciting for you guys no I, you guys are going camping tomorrow that's yeah really cool. she's gonna be home alone for that's two exciting. days she likes that. that is exciting and i'm gonna be out there with 40 to 80 men i don't even know how many is but we're gonna get out there and go for it we're gonna send it I'm going to go mountain biking. So. Are you really? Are you excited? Yeah, it's going to be fun. Good. Taking a few guys. We're going oh, to the mountains, great. too. That's Going to the mountains cool. with the bikes. Oh, that's that's I, What do you think, Vicky? Should we get Steve? Steve's got a bike. Uh, yeah, it's one of those fat tire he, mountain he, he bikes, too. You should probably bring it. You yeah, come, should. Yeah. You can hit a jump with that thing, right? No. I think based on <laughs> how many repairs it needed before, like, about right after it came out of the box and right, got put best, together. It's best just to take and ride the dam. Okay. It's the, a it's a, a DAM. 
Yeah. It's a it's a damn riding but machine right there. Stop. <laughs> D-A-M. It's an Orville, Orville Dam. Orville Lake Dam. There you go. There's not much Orville Lake left of I that I drove across anymore. it yesterday. It's very, very low. Yeah. I rode down to the bottom of it on the mountain bike and uh, found a whole village of, of uh, chairs that had fallen off people's boats. Somebody went wow. and, Picked and them set up. them up and made it look like a little village. That's funny. And, That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Can you grab a few? No, they they all had they were all like sort of tattered. Yeah. But I did find two frisbee golf discs. Oh. That somebody had must have dropped off a boat in a bucket and so they're still good. They weren't muddy or anything. Uh yeah. found a barbecue, found a big rig um diesel tank that Where must did have you fallen. Go? I was down because the water's gone so low at the Orville Dam. I most people if you if you pay attention to the news anywhere in the US, you've probably seen a picture of it. Um uh, but the if you look on the map where it says I rode my bike, it mm. looks like it's underwater, but the water has gone so wow. far down. Well, look. And it's where they park all the houseboats. So wow. I rode right out down to the water from your uh, from your daughter Danielle's place. Oh, from yeah. there, over there, yeah. Um, and it was it was pretty crazy. Wow. It looked like um, looked like a desert because the bottom was all cracked and everything. But so it was sad. it was Tragic. pretty interesting. Did and you meanwhile, ride, when you went down there, did you ride back out? Yeah, you're amazing. I didn't. Well, a couple of times it. I had to get out because it was yeah. like muddy and there wasn't really. But yeah. that used to be a boat launch, so yeah, you could so ride sad. right down yeah. it. It wasn't yeah. wasn't that hard. Pray, no, for, pray I, for California. I really wouldn't walk back out. No, you just. Yeah, so I wouldn't walk down. You could call maybe the Uber of boats and have somebody come pick you up on a boat. Uber boats. That's yeah, a good, I don't think that day. would get me anywhere. I'd still no. be level with the bottom. <laughs> But then somebody could come and pick up your boat with a truck. That's true. <laughs> okay. Anyway. There we go. So uh, we have been doing, season three has been all about. Parables. Kingdom of heaven is light. Kingdom That's right. Life. And so I found, I keep looking up different places where Jesus talks about the kingdom because I don't know if I never noticed it before. Wow. Or just, you know, when you it's focus amazing. on different things in the Bible, they just come alive. And so the idea of kingdom we've been focusing on, and the more we talk about it, the more I find kingdom other places. Amazing. And we started in the parables, and there's still some parables that we're going to talk about in this season. But I wanted to talk to you guys about um, a really kind of famous story in a famous chapter of, of the book of John, chapter 3. And, uh, and Jesus talks to this Pharisee, Nicodemus, and he talks about what it takes to see and enter the kingdom of heaven. And I wanted to hear you guys' thoughts on it. So um, I'm going to go ahead and pull it up. Hopefully my, my Bible app is still open. You guys can talk amongst yourself. Um, it is. It worked. Good job. I plan ahead. <laughs> there you go. So uh, this is how it works. I tell Steve what we're going to talk about when he sits down at the table. And then it just comes to him. And uh, and that's why you have to go back and listen, right? Yeah, amazing. Uh, so, so Jesus be with Steve as I read here. And I'm, if you're reading along at home, don't, don't read while you're driving, if you're listening, but I'm going to read from John chapter three. It's a little bit long, but, um, I've got my good podcast voice ready. So go for it. You ready? Yep. All right. So this is John chapter three, starting right at the first verse here. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus responded and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a person be born when he is old? He cannot enter his mother's womb a second time and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. 
That which has been born of the flesh is flesh, and that which has been born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it is coming from and where it is going. So is everyone who has been born of the Spirit. Nicodemus responded and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, You are the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen, and you people do not accept our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe them, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who has descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes will have eternal life in him. And then, of course, it goes on, for God so loved the world. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to focus on that idea of, of kingdom. It's a couple times in there where... This guy seems like he's really seeking the kingdom, and, and he asks, what, what, do I, what do I have to do? And Jesus tells him this thing that really perplexes him. And I think a lot of people probably listening are maybe a little bit still perplexed at the idea of being born again. So I wanted to bring it to you guys and see what you think. No, go, you go. So Vicky was born again, you know, like there was, we prayed on one o'clock in the morning, you know, and she was never the same. She never went back. She was made brand new, and, mm. and she didn't work at being brand new. She just had a completely different mindset. You know, the idea of speaking about God was boring to her. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, why do you got to talk about that all the time? And she had a belief system, and it's like, you know, you just don't, that's not just something, that's not the dinner conversation. Well, after that night, it was the dinner conversation. It was her only conversation. She talked about it all the time. And it, it transformed her from the inside out. I had a born-again experience, you know, where I was going one way and I'm going the other way. And this, these scriptures talk about the, um, you know, the kingdom of heaven. And everybody's, I mean, there's conferences, kingdom, kingdom this and kingdom that. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, Jesus just said, you, you know, you don't know, what, you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. There's very little to know about the kingdom of heaven. You want to pray let your will be done. You want to live in the kingdom of heaven as much as you do know it, but we all know it very lightly. And whatever the Holy Spirit reveals in us in this born again thing, because it says the spirit is like the wind. It comes, comes from here and goes there and no one knows where Mm -hmm. it's coming from or where it's going when it leaves them. And the kingdom of heaven is very much a full of mysteries like this. God tells us a few things about it, Uh, Jesus tells us a few things about it. And what's really clear is there's this kingdom of heaven that's supposed to be in me, which would be the indwelling spirit. Mm -hmm. There's a kingdom of heaven that I'm supposed to be pursuing that I actually can get parts of, that I can actually have parts of. And quite often we pursue it in the gathering of two or more, or we pursue it in the singing of songs together in the worship. We, We create a dwelling place in his worship. And then there's the kingdom of heaven we speak about, we all speak about in when Jesus returns or when we die, or if our, our afterlife. And so there's this real broad band that we're all talking about. And Jesus says this very clear thing that, that represents them all, that speaks of all of it. He doesn't differentiate. He says, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. And so people are claiming to see the kingdom of heaven all over the place. And there are a few things that must happen for it to be real and for it to be true. 
And there are a few things, if they don't happen, it cannot be. And since Jesus is the one who says, unless this happens, you cannot. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter which what you're talking about when you say the kingdom of heaven. If you really mean God's kingdom that's in you, around you, out of your reach, or after the final curtain, you know, yeah. all of it is, you can't see it. And here in our life, I mean, I can't imagine our life if we couldn't see the kingdom of heaven. We have each had an, an individual experience with God where we were one thing and then we were another. We went from, you know, living a very, very worldly life to living a life that mattered what he said each day, mattered what the Bible was saying. We wanted to know how to grow in him and get closer to him. We wanted to know how to surrender to him. Well, the day before, we didn't. It was a dramatic born-again experience, and what Jesus calls it is being made brand new. When he says the kingdom of heaven is like three lumps of leaven, three pecks of leaven that a woman put in dough, until the dough was completely changed, that's what born again, that's, that's describing born again. Hmm. So when we talked about that a few shows ago, um, we were talking about completely changing this dough from right. unleavened to leavened, from unyeasted un- to yeasted. And, and we're supposed to be unyeasted with the kingdom of heaven, and then it's supposed to be placed in us, and we're supposed to be completely changed. That's an unpopular message today that you're supposed to be completely different, but that is what it says, that the, when the kingdom of heaven is placed in you, it completely changes you. So how do you know if you've been born again? Are you changed? Is there enough about your spirit? Now, are you still in there fighting with the kingdom of heaven and, and continually blowing it? In some cases, yes, but to be completely born again, it's placed in you until it changes you. I don't know of very many places in my life that haven't changed completely since March 10th, 1975. I don't know very any places in Vicky other than her wit and sense of humor and all that, mm-hmm. but even that has changed in its content because, you know, it was pretty dark. It was pretty rude, <laughs> and, and it's, you know, it's... You know, be when it's born again, it is it's it's about life. It's about fun. I know for me, I can't even find a place in my life that isn't born again and completely changed. The things I like, the things I pursue. You know, it's still true that I have the same some of the same foods I like, but that's just not really on the table for this discussion. It's being born again is how you respond, how you feel, what you want in life. You know, what's your goal? You know, and when I was before I was born again, I had a completely different everything. And I think that when the kingdom of heaven comes into you, when the spirit comes into you and you are born again, the intention, the outcome is supposed to be that it comes in and begins to change things. And it can change slowly. Mine was slower than Vicky's. Vicky's was much more overnight change. My, my change was in my belief system, and that was drastic. But then my life only changed in a slower process of over three months or four months. Mm-hmm. You know, Vicky went from one person to just blam, she was married. I mean, blam, she was, you know, a Christian uh, in a Christian community doing things, following this thing. And I was a little slower on the uptake back five years earlier. And when you're born again, you begin to see these things and you can tell I'm being changed. 
And that is the evidence that you are being born again. Can it be in the twinkling of an eye? It can be to the extent that you're, you're reborn in the spirit. Can it be slower? I, I think I've seen the evidence of that, that it can be. So I have to admit that it could. But, I, but it still has to be that in the, at the end of the day, you sit down and say, are you different? Are you changing? And the answer has to be, I mean, I'm changing. Uh, he's, he's changing me. I, um, I can't say I see his hand. Some people might say, but ask the people around you. They'll say, well, yeah, we see the hand of God. We see him changing you. And I think that could be my best explanation for those verses and what Jesus means by you must be born again. The Holy spirit must be allowed to come into you, which that means you have to admit it. You're a sinner. That means you have to accept, I fall short of the glory of God. And then you open your eyes. You, I mean, you open your heart to him to allow him to take possession of your body and your life. And you ask him to forgive you of your sins so that you can be holy enough for his indwelling spirit. And if you can be holy enough for him to come in because Jesus cleansed you clean with his blood, then you're, the, the Holy Spirit just fills you up and begins a work in you that he will not stop working on until the day he perfects you. Hmm. I'm still short of that. And I'm, I'm on a journey to be perfected. And so that's born again to me is first off, I admit I'm a sinner and I need him. And then I give my life to him and commit to making him my Lord. Then I live my life with him as my Lord, making his will more important than my will. His desire more important than my desire. His plan more important than my plan. Yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. And you can just keep adding this, his, his life that he has for me more important than the life I had planned for me. And that's what born again looks like in my opinion. And um, I hope that answers the question for you. Yeah, Vicky, I mean, we were talking about you back, back then. What was it like in your shoes to be to have that feeling of, of being a completely new person, like almost right away. Yeah, it was really a Saul, um, kind of Saul on the road to Damascus kind of um, experience for me because I didn't even know I was missing anything. Um, I thought I was really well adjusted. I was having a time in my life. Um, didn't really feel like I lost anything. Um, and, I, you know, I was raised Catholic, but in, in my experience, Catholicism wasn't, it was not. It was more of a spectator sport, not really um, active. You just go and mm -hmm. do. You know, just kind of watch what the, the priests do and stuff. And I went to Catholic grade school, and both sides of my family were Catholic. And so when Steve started telling me, because I knew Steve, and he came up to Spokane and started telling me about Jesus, and for, I think it was like a day and a half of just telling me about Jesus, being real, and you could know Him. Um, and he he said something really pivotal. He said, you know, why don't you just try it take it takes 30 seconds to find out whether or not god is real i'm like well i got 30 seconds you know and then you, you would just stop talking about jesus then you know if it's not real <laughs> so it's two o'clock in the morning i closed my eyes um i didn't pray out loud i prayed in my in, in, inside of me i said if you're real i want to know you and take away my sins it was just that easy take away my sins if you're real i want to know you jesus come into my life i opened my eyes and the world was a different place and uh it just was like I it was like the only way I can describe it back then and still do is that it's almost like you open a crossword puzzle 
and you it's a 500 piece and you get to the end and there's there's a piece missing mm. and you know you're looking everywhere for this piece and it was like that missing pivotal piece in my in my identity that was Jesus and I didn't even know I was missing it I thought I was having a great old time you know I was loving my life um, I wasn't desperate I wasn't really seeking and he just kind of um, he kind of just stopped me in my tracks and and honestly I, I went from um, swearing using the F word as an adjective Mm-hmm. to praise the Lord like within four hours. Wow. Uh, everything was praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And I just, I just, every, the world was a different place for me. And it never lost its, that, that excitement for me. It's, the world still every day to me is, is just new every morning. Mm-hmm. I just I really understand his mercies are new every morning. I get up every morning excited uh, after my coffee usually. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it was so amazing. I mean, I was a different person. Uh, I never went back. You know, the parable of the seed was not, you know, the bad, with the seed go on rocky ground or springs up too quick. Because I would be, I would have been the one that sprung up too quick and was really excited and then lost my, I didn't have roots. But I had root. And when it got right into Joe's church, you know, Joe, who we had on in May, mm-hmm. my pastor. And it was a great church. And I just got to learn. Um, and... It was very, very wonderful time, and it still is a wonderful time, but the, just recognize that he's real, and he wants to know me, and he mm-hmm. would live inside of me and take away my sins. Who wouldn't want that? I don't even, I don't even get it. It's not, he's not asking to join a church. He's asking to have him join you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so my life was just, every day, it was a picnic. It was just exciting. It was the answer. So when Jesus says uh, to Nicodemus, you're going to see you have to be born again to see the kingdom. Did, did you feel like you saw the kingdom? And what was that like? 100%. It was like the truth, you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And I just, there was this peace and freedom. And, you know, all his words, you read them, like, don't stress, don't, you know, don't have anxiety, you know, love, give, give it away. It just started becoming so real to me. <clears throat> it became my identity. And I saw his kingdom everywhere I went. I saw his kingdom in, in, in nature. I saw his kingdom, especially in people. Mm. I want to tell everybody about what I found. It was like I found, it almost felt like I had the cure to cancer or death, and I just want to tell everybody mm-hmm. and because they don't know, and it's so easy. And I was so um, confused for so many years. I was 21 when I got saved, so I was, I was confused for 21 years. And just to have the blinders off my eyes, I just, um, the born-again experience, you know. And, and I, what, what's really sad sometimes is that, well-meaning Christians will tell you when someone gets saved and has this experience, well-meaning Christians will say, well, we'll enjoy it, it won't last. Mm. Well, what are you talking about? Of course it's going to last. It should last. That's what he says. It's like, you know, because his mercies are new every morning. We should be excited about being born again every day of our life Mm. because I was dead and now I'm alive in Christ. I'm alive. I was going to hell and now I'm going to heaven. I know the truth and the truth set me free. I have Jesus living in me. I have the Holy Spirit living in me. He tells me in still small voice to go right or go left. I mean, my goodness, he steers me. He loves me. My sins are forgiven. So all those things were revealed to me on May 2nd, 1979 at 2 o'clock in the morning. I saw the kingdom. I saw Jesus. I met Jesus. I didn't know I could meet Jesus. You can meet Jesus wherever you are. And it's just the beginning of a beautiful relationship. Hmm. So it's one thing to to read and and agree like okay yeah you have to there has to be something changing in you yeah. something brand new in you for you to be able to see this kingdom or or experience it experience it but uh, what about 
like how I mean, there's got to be some difference between people where, like Steve, you're saying it was like a, it was kind of like a series of of small steps uh, for a few months, and Vicky's is like boom right yeah, away, yeah. and other people are even longer. Could be years, you know. Yeah. So, is, what makes the difference? Do you have any idea what that might be? Well, for me, the fire was not gradual. For me, the reality this real wasn't. Changes. I what I had was the different from Vicky. I had this anti-Christian thing going on. Hmm. She wasn't anti-Christian. She wasn't mad about her upbringing being the church we were up. We were both raised in the same church uh, denomination. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't upset about that. I was. I really didn't like Christians. So I didn't want to become like a Christian. Mm -hmm. I was hoping I wouldn't have to be a Christian. And so when I accepted Jesus as Lord and he began, he was real and I was all into it on fire. I read the Bible like it was, you know, like it was candy, just couldn't get enough. And yet the changing, like I'm not changing unless you, unless you say I have to. And it took a minute for me to be able to hear him. I believe he was telling, talking the whole time, but my anger about be not becoming a Christian, not liking Christians, probably blinded me and kind of put some earmuffs on me as to be able to hear him. And then one day I heard him and it was a couple months in and my life changed in the twinkling of an eye. I mean, just like bang, I was changing because now I could connect to him. And I realized, okay, so he wants you to be a Christian. You're not just someone who knows he's real. You're not someone who just wanted to be forgiven. But you gave your life to him, and he's going to use your life as a Christian. Mm -hmm. And that became pretty apparent there in those couple of months. And so that's why the slow start in that respect for me. I was still fired yeah. up. I went to the beach every day. Excuse me. I went to the beach every day and shared about I found out God was real. And I prayed to Jesus. And Jesus was on a cross because I knew that because of my head brain. And I just said, hey, if you pray with me, I prayed with someone 20 seconds. If you pray with me and people had profound experiences everywhere I went. So I was a preacher. I just didn't look like a Christian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then one day I began to look like a Christian. And then even though my hair was long and I was scraggly and wearing the, the, the beach clothes of the 70s, you know, I still looked like one of them, but sounded like and acted like someone completely different to the point where they were talking about me around the town. That's this crazy guy has changed so much, but it did take a while because I had to get over that fact and accept the fact that it, to walk with him, I was going to have to be a Christian. And I said, okay, yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Uh, I gave my life to you. I was hoping I didn't have to, but I'll go ahead and do what you want me to do. And I went and he took me to a place where the Christians were, they were more like me and just young and they were more worldly. A lot, a lot of them had had born again experiences and we created a home church called the body. And this gentleman named Jim, he, he ran it and it was just really loving. It was about loving God mm -hmm. and I had a good upbringing. I had a good foundation in that and gave me more time to change until the church one of them was going to, I followed him to it and they wanted me to be their youth pastor. So that's when I got into church religion, church Christianity, mm -hmm. which fast forward three and a half years from that to make a total of four and a half. That's when I came across Vicki. I found Vicki after all quite a few years and led her to Jesus. And that's why she changed like blink because mm -hmm. I was already a Christian, already a church going Christian 
and I'm the one that influenced her, and she didn't have that dislike for Christians or that rejection of the church. Mm -hmm. So she was just like looking around for you know everybody that said they were Christian. So she had that danger. Any person who said the name of Jesus or Christian was okay by her. Yeah. And I said, well, they're not all. They're not all. Mm -hmm. You know. So let's just take it slow. But nonetheless, she turned out awesome, and we walked together, and she grew in the Lord, and you know, uh, that's born again, and. We really can see the kingdom of heaven around us. And I, I have to tell you that Jesus, Jesus says it. You cannot see it. It doesn't matter what you think. He says you cannot see it. You, you're not, whatever you're seeing isn't it unless you've been born again. And born again means transformed like, again, the leaven in the lump that stays in the lump until the whole lump is changed. Mm. I'm still on a journey. I'm 46 years into it being changed, and I'm going to continue because that leaven of the Holy Spirit, that leaven of the kingdom is in me, and he lives in me. I, can, I get to know his mind. I get to know his heart. I can follow him. I can so much better than I could that first summer. I, I, I can read his signs. I can read his heart. I mean, just follow him, mm. and it, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. But that I have really strong evidence that I've been born again and that I was born again on that day. And I have really strong evidence that she was born again on that day. And we, of course, have seen it multitudes of times in our ministries. So, Yeah, Vicki, I seem to think that, or I seem to feel that there's a little bit of a difference between how your generation views these verses of born again, okay, that's everything, that's like, completely new life versus how my generation seems to interpret it as like, okay, Jesus kind of come join my party. That's it. Right. So, I mean, do, are we getting it wrong? Like us young people where it's just like, all right, come along for the ride, Jesus. Yeah. I think, I think absolutely the millennials are getting it wrong. And I think it, I actually think it's my generation that's really screwed it up because we want to make it palatable for you. We want to package it we want to say you can do this and do that and take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and make it Christianity. And I think it's watered It's watered it way down mm. to that you don't have to change anything. You just stay, and you know, and again, there's a, there's a fine line, right? There is change. And if you're not changing, you're probably not born again. You probably asked Jesus into your life and then that was it. And then you should go back and read the parables. It's really, really a black and white kind of thing. It's a, it's a yes and no. Um, it's very, very, there's boundaries in Christianity. And when you read Jesus in context, you see it. It's like what he says. I mean, let's, let's be honest. He's talking to Nicodemus, who's, who is a Pharisee of Pharisees kind of guy. I mean, he's a religious leader. Yeah. And he comes and I think he's the one that comes at night, doesn't he? And to, to Jesus and mm -hmm. Jesus kind of, kind of reamed him a little bit. And there's a, there's a line in there that says kind of like, don't you know? Like, you're the leader of the, the yeah. people. Don't you're a teacher you know? of Israel, and you don't know? Yeah, yeah, don't you know you're the teacher of Israel? And we used to call him Nick at night. Nick at night. That's really good. Um, but it's like, if Jesus it kind of chastised Nicodemus, who's doing everything right but not changing, it's a failed religion. Wow, yeah. And I think for, for a lot of people, it's a, Christianity is a failed religion. And, I mean, if your kids are not serving Jesus and you love Jesus and you're probably the 70s or 80s or 90s and your kids are just don't want anything to do with it, we, we probably need to ask why. Did we confuse the message because we wanted to make it not so, so many boundaries or so hard or so palatable? Like mm -hmm. I said, we watered it down to make, make everything permissible. Everything's okay because we want to be relevant. We want to have a relevant church. And I think 
the relevancy is Jesus and him crucified and him died on the cross. He died and crucified, rose again, and we need to read his words, and we don't need to modify or remodel his words. Mm. We need to read them in context and believe what he says and, right. and, and act. the wise man acts upon it. He builds his house on the rock, and, and when, the storm, when the storm comes, his house will stand. Mm. Our house is still standing 42 years later because we were so grateful that we were born again. I feel so privileged and honor, honored that he revealed himself to me at 2 o'clock in the morning on, in 1979 on May 2nd. I just go back to that time all the time, who I was at, on May 1st and who I am on, was on May 2nd. It's like I read the words of Jesus. I believe him. And I want to do what he says. I don't want to make it so that it's easier. And I mm -hmm. think that's, is that, if that's the answer, that's the answer I have. Yeah. Is that, mm -hmm. I think we, as our generation, wants more millennials, so we water down the words of Jesus. I think Vicki and I are a wonderful example here because Vicki <laughs> Vicky was a really pretty good person. Mm -hmm. She was a, everybody would like Vicki, you know, and uh, her personality. So she could easily say, well, I don't, I'm, I don't need anything. And I was not a bad, I was not a good person. I didn't like anybody, and I don't know that anyone liked me. You're miserable. And I was miserable. And she was not miserable at all. And so you have all kinds of people that say, well, I need, I'm desperate, I need something. And you have people that say, I don't need anything. And it's, this isn't divided like that. You've got the religious leader of the Sanhedrin. You've got a guy named Nicodemus who's the, a Pharisee. He's in the ruling council. Comes by night so that nobody gets to see him seeking this guy out. But he has a sneaking suspicion that this guy is someone they've been waiting for. Mm -hmm. He might be the one, right? And so when he says you must be born again, he says, we speak of things we've known and seen, and you won't listen to us. And I don't know what he means exactly by we, mm -hmm. But Jesus is telling him, I think he's talking about the apostle, the uh, prophets, the, the, the uh, messengers like John the Baptist, all the prophetic words down through history. So the father, the spirit of God in Israel, we, mm -hmm. the big we, a huge crowd of us are telling you what we know, that the Messiah is coming and you must be born again and you won't listen to us. And so you got people out there listening right now who really, they don't really feel like it's important to look and see am i born again or not you know but when jesus the christ says to you that you cannot see kingdom of heaven you can't that means you can't go there because if you go there you're likely to not be blind in the spirit you're likely to see so therefore since you can't see that means you can't go there hmm. that's really what it means you're not just can't see it well, around also you. also can't enter right yeah. that's what i'm talking about you yeah. can't yeah. go there you can't you are not going to be allowed in because to be allowed in would be to see and mm -hmm. since you can't see you can't be in it's way more than just the vision. Mm -hmm. And so he's saying, you won't even listen to us and you can't see the kingdom of heaven. You're confused and you're lost and you're still stuck in your religion. And, and, and that's the thing about religion. The, the other side of that is that the religious people miss Jesus because they have him stuck in a box. He doesn't look like their box. And same, same with this born again thing. It doesn't look like his box. And so I'm born again, they might say, and they go, like, what's changed about you? What are you doing that's different? I'm expecting God's blessing. That's what's different. I said, I don't think so. That's not what it means, expecting God's blessing. It's, it's, it's needing God. It's needing him and, and, and finding him in a way where he's in you and you and him become one. 
That's what being born again is. His, he transforms you so that you can qualify to be a temple of God. Mm. Wow. The Holy Spirit can live in you. So he transforms you to qualify you to be filled with the Spirit. Otherwise, if you're not transformed, there's no chance on earth Jesus, the Holy Spirit, could have lived in me mm. on that day. It was the please forgive me. I give you my life. Be my Lord. That's what allowed him to come and really show himself to me. That allowed me to see the kingdom of heaven. I was born again. I walked out of that place thinking, man, what is this? This is crazy. <laughs> he is real. I don't know anything else. I'm completely ignorant now because it's nothing like I thought. It's nothing like I predetermined. And I walked out of there and had no idea what just happened. I had to replay the prayer in my head later and go, let's see, I asked him to forgive me. And then I learned of him and realized he couldn't have come into me otherwise. Mm. He can't dwell with sin. And so he had to cleanse me. He had to remodel the house. He had to clean the house. He had to make it suitable for the dwelling place of God to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he filled me. And I went home from there and just, you know, like a baby, I, I kind of just stumbled around and didn't know what I was doing. And he just, he slowly brought me to the point where I could be born again, again, I could be taken another level. I could be forgiven again. Mm -hmm. And finally, once I said, okay, he spoke to me and we started a journey that was just, um, I just, I'm just like, I, I pinch myself. I can't believe the life I've got to live. To the point where, you know, there's uh, go home to be in heaven or stay here and live this life. And it's like it's it's for me. I don't know enough about heaven to to not think this way, but I really like it here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like our life. I don't want it to end. But the more I know about heaven, it's kind of like, well, I kind of want to go there, too. And it's this dilemma Paul had when he said it's hard for me. I don't know whether to stay in fruitful Absolutely. labor with you or to go home. Yeah. And, and it's like that's the way the kingdom of heaven should be friend of mine every time i saw him he's yelling praise the lord across the store and one and you know and every time you go well how are you feeling he goes i'm ready if my day's today i'm ready i'm going i'm i can see it i'm ready to go and then one day he did i just saw his cross out on the freeway a few minutes ago he did just had a heart attack in his truck and died in his truck and that's what we all said at his memorial was he, he was ready he, he he was he wanted to go his bags are packed mm -hmm. me i'm like i i'm gonna look forward to it but i kind of like it here too it's because I can see the kingdom of heaven here. I'm starting to see a little bit of it there. I have an imagination about it there. And it becomes more and more something I want to mm -hmm. see. Well, he says, unless I'm born again, I never will. Yeah. And we have that evidence. And I think that we are a perfect example of, of, of two different kinds of people having that experience. And I think that Nicodemus, what Jesus said to Nicodemus, we're eyewitnesses and you won't listen to us. <laughs> And you're a teacher of Israel, and you don't even know what I'm talking about. And so religious people are really, to me, the most danger of this not being true. Mm. They have found a comfort zone in their religion, and they're not ready to be totally transformed. Mm. That's what I actually was going to say that, is that he's the warning to, to the religious. I mean, it's, we, we probably should really look at that. Jesus is warning the religious, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, all the way through the New Testament, he's warning the religious. But this is a man who's done probably... In, 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 Israel, in the Jewish law, he's done everything right. And he's just curious about Jesus and what Jesus is doing. But what a warning. Like, you know, um, like you don't even know. I mean, you're the religious leader. You don't even know. And I think it, it's so pertinent to me. It's like 
I need to be born again, again, every day, basically. I just want to be, I want to go farther up and further in towards the, uh, you know, up, upward call of Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, right? Upward call of God, God in, in Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ. Gosh darn it. Um, you know, I just, every day, <laughs> every day is really a miracle that he would give us one more day. And I just want to continue to run the race until I see him. And, you know, I don't want to be religious. I know probably I am in some things I do, but I'm really trying not to. I want to be born again every day, give the Spirit permission to do whatever he wants to do to change me because after 42 years, we're still being changed, and we should. Mm. And I liked what Steve said is if you're not changing, you gotta be, you got to be concerned. And But we don't always see ourselves changed. Right. You know, it's it's the it's the example of children. We don't know, you know. Also, you have this, you bring home this baby, and it's eight pounds, and then all of a sudden this baby's thirty-five pounds, and then all of a sudden the baby is is one hundred ninety pounds. You know, and it's like <laughs> when did they when did they grow? When they slept? I don't know when they grew. <laughs> and I think that's as Christians, we sometimes don't always feel it or see it, but we should know we're growing though. Mm. That's right. You know? So what can somebody right now who maybe is feeling like, man? I, I was born again once, yeah. but that doesn't feel like, I don't feel like my vision of the kingdom's that that bright, or maybe I can't really sense the kingdom within me. Uh, what can somebody like that do to really be born again, again, right now? Well, he says, go, you've lost your first love. Yeah. And, and that's not a good place to be. So I think, number one, you just repent. I'm so sorry, Lord, I have forgotten my first love. I've, I've, I was in love with you, and I just, the cares of the world, the weeds in the world mm-hmm. have choked me out, and I'm so sorry. Would you come again and make me brand new? Mm. Will you come again and be the Lord of my life? Would you, would you just join into my life, and then I will join you. I will follow you. You don't, you're not going to follow me. I'm going to follow you. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I think you just go back to the beginning, and you just, in my opinion, you repent. Which is that what you're saying? Absolutely, and completely reverse your priority list. Correct. Uh, the the sower went out to sow some seeds, which is coming up in this very book, and you, the worries of the world and finances and wealth, the the seed of wealth, I think it's called, mm-hmm. uh, rob them of their seed, and so they grow. They you know, they bloom and then they die. Well. We are lucky in that we get we get chances all the way up until our death, to the end of our day. To be born again, again. And to be born, and it's it's kind of not like being born again, again. It's kind of like you started the process and you quit. Now you're going to restart it, hmm. because it's more like if you ever had if someone who is born again, I'm not sure they ever would walk away. But someone who starts the process and has the seed of it started in their life might walk away and have to restart it. But if you were ever with us, I think you would be with us. And if you aren't with us today, then I think you were never with us. You know, you can follow that in the teachings of the apostles. But so it's semantics, what you call it. But if you take the seeds sown on the path and how they grow and die and, and they, they surge and then back off and then ones in good soil grow and produce fruit 30, 60, 100 fold, you can look at this born again thing and say, well, I need to be born again again. And nobody cares if you use that terminology, or nor should they, I mean. But the truth is the actual description when we get to heaven is probably going to be more like you just need to be born again. Yeah, that's good. Mm. If you walked away, you walked away. It's as if you were never Start there. Start over. 
And so you lost you lost all your ground and you have to be born again. And once a person's born again, their their priorities completely get put in order. Now, I know a lot of people these last 20 years who came into Christianity for the blessing of God in their life. They're going to see signs and wonders and high, and there was so much hype about all these wonderful things happening. But when the rubber met the road, they never saw them. They just kept chasing them and it never occurred. They never could sustain a Christian walk based on God blessing or God pouring out uh, gold dust or you know, all that stuff that they're chasing constantly. Signs and wonders, supernatural stuff. And they lose their faith. Well, they were never really born again in the first place. They were excited. They weren't really converted. They were convinced. And I think that mm. if a person becomes converted, like Vicky had an experience, that's it. It's over. Mm. He, he proved himself real. Where would I go from here? Peter's saying, where would we go? You have the keys to the kingdom. You have truth. Will you leave me now? Jesus says, no. Where would we go? We've already seen it. We're spoiled. We're doomed. And me and Vicky, falling away from him was just not, it just hasn't been any kind of an option. We have not gone backwards one step in 42 and 46 years. We have not backed off because where would you go? It's true. He's real. We prayed. He heard us. He revealed himself. He's lived in us. He's guided us. He's When we're going full blast with our hair on fire this way, He'll put out his hand and just gently turn us and get us where he wants us to go. Mm-hmm. We have a Lord. We have a driver. We have a master of the house. Why would we ever back off? And that's what tends for me tends, you know, like someone who says, I was a Christian when I was young. That is awesome. What are you? To, but what really matters is what are you today mm-hmm. to the end of your days? Yeah. And what are you on the last day of your life? You know, and where have you walked and what are you doing? And I think that people who've fallen away from the Lord, I don't, I'm number one, don't understand that at all because I met him. And I've never met anybody. I can't imagine anyone ever walking away from him if they've met him or if they understand what he's done for them or if they understand just who he is. I mean, he is kind of scary. He kind of, he, he's not someone you'd want to meet on his dark side, on his <laughs> bad side. There's no dark side, I'm sorry. <laughs> on, on, on the side that he's revealed in the old covenant. You want to meet him as the forgiven one. You want to meet him as oh, a man who, who shows to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I, I show to be perfect in the spirit because of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's how you want to meet God. You want to mm-hmm. walk up to God and live in the spirit as the temple of the living God, showing perfection, which you and me know. I mean, can we just admit it right here? I'm not. But I show as perfect so that I can be the house of God. Mm-hmm. And I want to accept that. That's by faith. And, but what's not by faith is my experience. I'm an eyewitness. I'm an ear witness. I'm an experiential witness. I have been touched by God and I can't deny him. Hmm. So I'm born again. And if my life changed back to worldly, I lose it all. I, I would be lost. How can I, how can I ever think that he's that, that he is fooled by that or that he would accept that he wouldn't. And so being born again is somebody who has this full on intention, this full on life. I'm a hundred percent all in and I'm not going anywhere Hmm. and I have no intention to ever sin again. And I intend to show perfect because Jesus lives in me. 
God, my father sees Jesus when he looks at me That's good. because I follow, because I obey, because I pursue. I am born again. And each day, and I don't know about this born again, again thing. I use that term and it's okay, but it's not really reality. It's I am born again. I walked away. I need to be born again. Well, I mm. say when I just every day, I want to be born again, again, yeah. every day, new or made new every morning. Yeah. We want to be made new every morning. That's yeah. a good, that's a good point. Yeah. And, yeah. and we say, we want to experience more from you every morning. Yeah, more. I want and, more. And uh, Jesus' words, when he says, I behold, I make all things, all things new. new. Um, you know, that one, that's the one that really hits me when talking yeah. about this. So I appreciate you guys uh, clarifying that. And, and it's, it's so cool to just, uh, to see these parables and how they match up That's with been it's not just like bits and pieces man he it's woven into everything he, he said right? it's really a good picture of, of how to live yeah yeah if you want to know born again and you knew Vicky Lasorella back in Chicago in Phoenix in Spokane and you want to see born again call her up right hooker you know catch up with her on Facebook yeah and start talking to her and you'll see mm. born again you'll see someone that's totally different than they used to be mm. Well, thank you guys. Uh, we're going to go, Steve and I are going to go get ready to go camping after we're church camping and now. tomorrow morning. And camping now. It's going to be fun. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you up next week. Have a great right. week. Amen. Bye. You've been listening to The Uncommon Truth. Thank you so much for making us a part of your podcast routine. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today and would love to get your feedback. You can tell us what you think about today's show at UncommonTruthPodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch to ask questions for Steve and Vicki or suggest a subject you'd like to hear covered. Either way, we'd love to feature your comments on an upcoming episode. If you're new to the show or just haven't done so yet, please take a moment to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps push the show up the charts so more people can find us. If you know someone who would enjoy the types of conversations that happen on The Uncommon Truth, click share on the podcast app of your choice or send them to uncommonpodcast.com. Until next time, have a great week and keep running after Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be.